Hey there, this is Terry Cowley, weekday breakfast presenter on 1FM Shepparton. Thanks for checking out this podcast. It was recorded live as part of The Brecky Show, which you can catch 6 to 9am Monday to Friday. We're joined by the member for Shepparton, Susanna Sheed. Good morning, Susanna. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for your patience there. Technology wasn't our friend there for a minute. Not to worry. Now, you've, uh, you've had, got a lot to catch us up on. Now, you're trying to put the Shepparton Bypass back on the agenda, but was, was it ever really off? It certainly was never really off the agenda locally, was it? Oh, it certainly wasn't. I mean, it's, it's really something that everyone's been advocating for for a long time, and uh, we've had government after government, and um, it seems to not become their priority when it's the priority of pretty much everyone who understands what it would mean to have that second river crossing here and of course that's just been so highlighted with the recent floods and the closure of the causeway so um it to me it doesn't need to be a political game it just needs to be something that we can you know persuade governments to regard as a really high priority where is it sort of sitting now where is it stuck if you like well you might remember that the business case was done um probably a couple of years ago um, that was then sent to the um, the then federal government and uh, it sort of sat around there for 12 months or so and then we've had the election and it continues to sit on someone's desk, no doubt the Minister for Infrastructure and um, there's not, not much happening um, in, the, in the recent months since that election but I think it, it's certainly time to highlight it again and, that, and that's what the, everybody seems to be out and about doing in the last day or so, so... So it's really in the court of the federal government now? Well, look, it is because they pay 80% of the cost of the bridge and um, I think uh, it, it certainly um, sits there. But I, I think we'd all like to just see the business case released too. Do you remember there were, you know, so so much argy-bargy about that uh, when it was finally delivered to the federal government some 18 months ago and uh, it's... Um, I think people would like to understand what the design and the cost and all of those things are, whether the, how it now sits given the floods we've just had and you know, a lot of things that would just sort of put a bit of clarity around it and also a better understanding of the cost of it. And I think we've all seen the Chukamoama Bridge finish um, and open in the last few months and and that is the sort of bridge that's clearly going to be needed to go right across the top of the floodplain with, um, you know, an entry and an exit that uh, is um, sufficient to, you know, make sure that uh, you can actually get on it and off it and not be cut off by flood waters should a flood occur. So um, it's just one of those ones that uh, is really hard to to move. But I think uh, there'll be a real appetite to try and get it going again and uh, you know as as an independent I've tried to work with governments at every level to try and uh, highlight it and get an appetite going for it and I'll continue to do that if I continue to be the local member. So you've had a bit of uh, fun with the velocity trains coming into Shepparton. Maybe um, everyone sort of knows that there was kind of track work and now we have a faster train. But what does this all really mean? And also a question, you would you would sort of be expecting to hop onto one of these trains if you were going to Melbourne, say, today. But I've already seen that people are back on buses. Oh, I didn't see that today. That's a shame because there's... Um 
there's they've been running all week. I live right near the railway station, and it's it's so exciting to see them in the station. These shiny new trains, and also um, just the um, the, uh, the the way in which they're now going to be housed. You know, the new stabling's been completed down at uh, Grahamvale, near Grahamvale, and the um, the extra space at the stations. The stations have all been lengthened so that six carriages can now fit on most of them. And last uh, Monday morning, when we found out it was coming, uh, we, um, a few of us, jumped on the train from Shepparton to Maroopna just have, to have the experience. So um, I think uh, it's it's pretty exciting that because of the floods, the the big party at the station that had been set up by um, by V-Line, I guess, was cancelled. And they've sort of come in with a bit of a whimper rather than a bang. And uh, I think a lot of people won't even realise it's happening yet. And, and, of course, they're so quiet. That that was really the point I was going to make about living close by. They sort of uh, don't have that big whistle and noise that the old ones had. And uh, it's, I think it's just going to be transformational for Shepherd when we move to the nine services a day and, and when, that's what when we do, always wanted. When does that happen? I haven't seen the timetable yet. They're saying next year. Okay. So we're still on the five with the new trains and then um, on to uh, the increased timetabling next year. And with these trains being faster, what does this mean from the trip between here and Melbourne? Look, I haven't been on it yet to know how fast it'll go, but there's been a lot of level crossings removed and it's certainly got the capacity to go faster and no doubt it will be a little bit, but I'm not sure that it's going to shorten the trip by any really significant amount because you reach the edge of the city and, uh, you know, when you get to Craigieburn, you join the suburban route and it's a, it's a busy one. So probably getting to the city a little bit earlier, to the edge of the city, and then um, going in, um, I, don't, I can't answer the question just yet because nobody's really made it clear what sort of savings? It's not a fast train. It's just not not a exactly a, it's not exactly yeah. a Japanese bullet train, unfortunately. No, no, <laughs> that that would be one that we just hope would shop, stop at Shepparton if it ever does happen. And every now and then, that fast train, you know, Sydney to Melbourne with a few stops in between gets uh, talked about, but uh, no one's holding their breath on that one. Just a few minutes left, Susanna. We're kind of running up to the news, and I and I uh, was slow at getting you on unfortunately but what else do you need to let us know about i've got a number of announcements here you've made but uh what's the most important in your view at the moment look uh, i it, i've been going to a number of the flood uh, community meetings and uh, the talk now is that we're moving to the recovery stage so you you really start with the emergency you go to relief and and now moving into that recovery stage but there are some areas especially uh uh, north of Shepparton, around Lock Gary, Karimba, out um, out that way, where there is still so much water, and uh, it's likely to be there for quite a long time because the river remains so high. We heard um, last night that the Tolam Bridge will stay closed possibly for weeks, um, all because of the river height, and there is so much water still in the system with Hume releasing large amounts of water down the Murray and Eildon still, again, releasing large amounts. That might back off a bit when they get a little bit of airspace, but we're still in a wet weather system, 
and could be for quite a long time. So it's really important that those water storages are managed properly. So, uh, look, it's been an incredible time, incredible um, reaction from the community in working together to, you know, deal with the emergency. And now um, we must make sure that we don't forget those who've lost their homes, all the hard, dirty work that follows, all the paperwork with insurance claims and recovery relief, all of these things is a, a really big burden on the people who've been directly affected and who have lost so much. So there will be a lot to do in that space and housing, future housing for many of those people will be critical. Have you heard about the recovery hub that's going to be set up at the Senior Citizen Centre? Yes, look, that was talked about last night. So that, again, is sort of that moving towards recovery and, and away from relief. And, and while the relief centre at the McIntosh um, Centre still has a number of people there, the move will be to, um, you know, close that when it can um, in the weeks ahead and have that other centre there for recovery. And, and people can go in there each day and there'll be an extended evening, I believe, also for for people to help fill out forms, deal with any number of issues that uh, might come up for them. So that, uh, that I think, is opening today. All right, Susanna, we'll let you go. Thanks very much for bringing us up to, up to date and uh, have a good day. Thanks, Terry. We've been talking to the member for Shepparton, Susanna Sheed, on 1FM Live and Local. It is nine minutes to eight o'clock. This station, FM 98.5, subscribes to the Broadcasting Community Code of Practice. The Code of Practice is a set of agreed standards that have been developed by community radio stations across Australia. They reflect the unique principles of community broadcasting and guide stations in a whole range of activities, including complaints handling and Australian music content. If you'd like a copy of the Code, please contact us during business hours and we will mail a copy to you. Segway Power Sports ATVs, UTVs and SSVs are now available at Shepherd and Motorcycles and Power Equipment. The Fugelman UT10 Petrol UTV is one tough machine. Muscular and capable with a high power to weight ratio. The Fugelman UTV is designed to lighten your workload and make those trips around the paddock a blast. Contact Brendan at Shepherd and Motorcycles Purcell Street or Paul at Shepherd and Motorcycles and Power Equipment Vanilla Road or visit our website shepherdandmpe.com.au and check out the Segway Power Sports range today. LMCT one FM sponsor. Snake season is here. Have you serviced your snake repellers this spring yet? If not, book a service call and let Jason's Pest Control update your batteries and check your repellers are right to go for this snake season. You don't have snake repellers yet? That's okay. Call us now and get them professionally installed. Protect your kids, pets and yourself. Our snake repellers are the best on the market and even have a two-year warranty. For more information, call Jason's Pest Control now. 1-800-599-699. 1FM sponsor. The Stanhope Family Hotel is your home of good old-fashioned country hospitality with delicious good-sized hearty meals including char-grilled steaks cooked to perfection, a variety of palmas with specialty sauces, a good choice of seafood dishes pan-fried or crispy battered, beef and chicken schnitzel burgers with a great selection of fillings and pasta meals made the traditional way. Satisfaction is our guarantee, so why not pop in for a meal? On the Midland Highway for over 60 years, we also offer great times with all 
all welcome to enjoy our quality live entertainment. The Stanhope Family Hotel, more than just a pub. 1FM sponsor. Hi guys, Peter Cardamoni from Cardamoni Real Estate in the beautiful Goulburn Valley. I love my sport and calling AFL footy is my passion. So he'll come from 12 metres. Anana's worked as he brought it back. Oh, He's yes. got What a goal! And Cozzy's got two. Real estate across the Goulburn Valley is booming, increasing 30% over the past 12 months and a rental yield of over 5%. It's time you invested into the Goulburn Valley. Call me, Peter Cardamoni, to chat all things real estate. Visit cardamonirealestate.com.au and right across the Goulburn Valley from Shep, Kyella, Marupna, Talamba and Chachura, you're in Cardamoni country. 1FM sponsor.